How you doing? I'm Mike Gaddy and welcome to the Patterson Park Podcast. So here's the deal. When I create a podcast episode, I spend about a day and a half editing it and I think very carefully what, about what I chop out. The activists and artists and entrepreneurs that I talk to are really passionate about what they do. So I don't want to cut out something just in the interest of time that they are vehement about. I'm always afraid I'm going to make the wrong decision and I spend a lot of time thinking about it. But then I got to thinking, you know, I like the episodes to be 20 minutes. I, When I talk to them and interview them, I, it actually goes about 40 minutes, sometimes even longer, because we get on a roll talking and, and it's just this like this fountain of creativity. And that's why I do the podcast, to be able to talk to these people about what they're doing and what they're passionate about. So I decided to create this little live stream and I'm going to do this when I have information that I think is important and interesting and that tickles me in some way, but didn't quite fit into the episode for editing reasons. Now, if you missed the Priya Sinclair podcast, the full episode, you can go online on Vimeo, on YouTube, or on any of our audio channels and uh, take a look at that episode. You can always go to usevnphotos.com, which is my company, and we have all the episodes there and links to follow on your favorite audio platform. But right now, we're going to talk to Priya Sinclair in what I have dubbed the Priya Sinclair Extra Special Tidbit. Tasty tidbit. <laughs> we cover a couple really interesting topics, including how RuPaul's Drag Race has affected drag locally, and my personal favorite, what is Barbie crotch? So please, put on your headphones, put in your contacts, and take a listen. Things have changed a lot in, in drag uh, and in the drag community over, I would say, the last few years. And I swear, I think a lot of it is driven by RuPaul and RuPaul's Drag Race and, mm -hmm. and um, bringing drag more and more and more into the mainstream. But what I've noticed is while it's going into the mainstream, it's also becoming so competitive and the costuming is getting more and more sophisticated. The makeup is getting more and more sophisticated. This mm -hmm. last season, to me, um, some of those that looked like Cirque du Soleil performers in, in how they did their makeup and was just shockingly Broadway level, you know, costuming, gorgeous, gorgeous. Even the girl got thrown off first at gorgeous costuming. Yeah. Um, how has that trickled down in on the local level and in Baltimore? Has it gotten more competitive and how has that affected your relationships with the other girls? Um, so I will say, well, I'm trying to figure out how to start answering this question. Okay, first thing is that obviously drag race, that's a very unrealistic um, view of local drag. Cause obviously we don't have teams. We, we don't have that, that type of budget. Cause I was like, did you, did you watch the season 13 finale? Oh yes, baby, I was good yeah. to it. <laughs> so I thought that, you know, the the the, the, the ball, like the, with, with the, um, the top four, that was basically just a battle of the budgets. Cause it's, you know, like, like we know that none of them made those looks. Like it was just, I don't know. I just feel like that's just like a really unrealistic um, portrayal of drag. And that is kind of what I'm getting at. If yeah. that's becoming the standard, 
Now, albeit, you know, we're talking national here versus yeah. global. But still, if that's becoming the standard, that is a tough um, uh, uh, bar to, to, to raise. And I, I will say what, what I've been seeing, especially after, you know, the, um, the performers have been, in, you know, inside for more than a year. And what I've seen is that we've people have definitely been stepping their game up and that they've realized, people have realized, okay, oh, like, I've definitely seen a lot more looks be more conceptual. People are putting a lot more thought into their looks, into their performances, which I think is good. Obviously, you know, we, we can't do what got Mick did in the finale. We, you know, that's a lot of money, you know, what, what they put into their finale looks. But I think overall, I have seen a lot of more thought and more effort going into um, drag since, um, since the start of, of COVID. But yeah, I mean, I think drag is naturally competitive. Um, getting your, your competition um, part of the question. But yeah, I think for me, I'm like, I'm only in competition right with myself. I don't really, I'm not really like, I mean, I think it's naturally, we're naturally competitive with each other, but I'm not like, I guess, scared or like, um, you, you know, threat, I'm not threatened, threatened better. I'm not threatened by anybody. Do you, do you do the pageants and everything, the competitions? No, so I did, I've done two pageants in my life when I, when I, my first couple of years, I lost both. Um, I think uh, for me, like if I would have, to, so I didn't um, prepare it as I should have. So if I would ever do a pageant, I would probably take, take a month off of drag and like solely put, go into like, yeah. Cause it's like pageants, you have to put a lot of preparation into them. It, yeah, so. Uh, and one question I wanted to ask, and it, I, it kind of fell off of my, um, off, out of my head, mm. is, you know, is it uncomfortable for you when you, like, are out shopping for clothes? And is it still, do you still in today, 2021, get sort of looks, you know, being the man buying the sexy, you know, high-heeled size 15 pump? Um, so I will say, like, I don't do a lot of drag shopping now, like, out um, in the stores. But I will say that because there are sometimes, like, I need to get a bra or I need to get some panties. So I, I do feel a little comfortable when I'm, like, in, the, in Walmart in, like, the, in the, the panty section. So you wear panties under your outfit? Yeah, like, to, like, to, like, like tucking panties and then, like, panties. Um, yeah, because, like, I wear, like, um, pads and four, and four pairs of tights. So... If I didn't wear panties um, over them, we, we, in the drag queens we call them that Barbie crotch, and you 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 don't want Barbie crotch, so you you know you want to you want to wear um, some panties. Okay, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, use, I did you say it's called Barbie crotch? Barbie crotch, yeah. right? Because it's I got it. Hmm. <laughs> mm. So, you know, it still is a little you're squeamish, say, you know, shopping at Walmart. You know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, obviously I'll do it, but I do like feel like, especially because like I am six foot like four out of drag and like I'm this tall guy, you know, going to um, in the women's section. And I will say sometimes like when I go to get makeup, because I do go to like Ulta and places to get makeup, I do get looks sometimes, but I'm like, whatever. I, I know more about makeup than ha more, probably more than people that work there, so. Yeah. On RuPaul, they always ask at the end of the season, before the finale, they always hold up a picture of the six-year-old or five-year-old self. Mm -hmm. And they say, if you were talking to your five-year-old self, I, I swear to God, I thought that was going to be a picture of your five-year-old self. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I know, he has it right there. Yeah. 
you were telling your five-year-old self, <laughs> you know, advice, what would you say? So I guess this, I, I'd love to know if you were telling your five-year-old self, you know, what would you, what, what advice would you give that, that kid? Um, I would tell them that, you know, middle school is going to be tough. I would tell them to get into therapy earlier. I would tell them to um, come out earlier um, and just to not give a fuck what anyone says. Like I, I was definitely so worried about like my reputation, what people, other, people thought, other people thought about me. So I would say just stop giving a fuck like very early on. When you perform, is it easier not, when you're in character as Pariah Sinclair, is it easier not giving a fuck than when you're walking around in your boy clothes? Um, I mean, at this point, I don't give a fuck. Either, either way. Either, yeah, in and out of drag, yeah. All right, right. Sort of, you know, and I want this to be a platform for artists to continuously communicate to an audience that they can market to. So when you have announcements, you have an audience that, you know, I'll, I want I, I want to bring people on for what I call the weekend updates, which are live streams that are sort of are a little more casual and talk about upcoming projects that you have. So you have a continuous place to build your audience and drive people to your events. Oh, um, oh one thing we didn't talk about is your merchandise. And I do yes. want to because I have got to put that googly-eyed underwear on your, <laughs> right here. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, you, you can go to pariahsinclair.com for that. Um, so like my, my logo is like my eyes and my, um, yeah, I think my eyes and lips. Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's my Yeah, eye. did you, now did you create that or did you have another artist do that for you? Oh, yeah, I, I gave the idea to an artist and, and they created it for me. So it was and, a it was a collaboration. Collaboration, and then I have um, two two shirts that have like pictures, like um, at, like what's it called? Um, I guess like performance photos on them. So like one of them is like I'm doing like a high kick during a show, and the other is I'm um, sniffing poppers during a performance. So the, the, the yeah, the, you can get that on my website. It's a link on on, on my website. Were they real poppers? I don't. Oh, yes, I, they were. Oh yeah. my god, I don't think I could perform it. I mean, I could perform doing yeah. other things. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a fun show. That was um, so in D.C. they have a show called Gay Bash, and they brought that to Baltimore, and I, I did the the first Gay, Gay Bash Baltimore, and, and yeah, that was from from that show. That was a fun show. Now, wasn't that special? <laughs> I've been waiting to use that line. I have been waiting to use that line. Church lady was my hero growing up. Don't ask. Anyway, thank you for joining me with Pariah Sinclair. Um, you can see why I wanted those little tasty tidbits to make it out, even if it wasn't in the original episode. I, I love creative people. I love East Baltimore. I love our neighborhoods. And there's so much going on here. Uh, I, it has been my absolute privilege to create this podcast to bring a little slice of Baltimore and East Baltimore to you wherever you may be. My work is going to start. I have events scheduled coming up faster than I thought. And what that's going to mean is I'm not going to have as much time to dedicate to this podcast. I will bring you episodes when I can and when, um, when my schedule lets me. Meanwhile, we're going to 
continue a couple of projects. One project I would like is to formally invite other podcasters who have a, a podcast about art or activism or a particular uh, interesting entre entrepreneurial people to come to the Patterson Park podcast Facebook page and share your podcast. I don't I think that there is an audience out there for people to listen to other podcasts that are interested in what I'm saying may be interested in what you're saying. So let's share it. Number two, if you've been on the podcast, please don't be afraid to share your ongoing work with the Patterson Park Podcast Facebook page. And if you listen to the podcast, please join the page because you'll get continuous updates from your favorite personalities that were interviewed on the podcast. Coming up this weekend on Saturday at 1 p.m., we'll do our second live stream, which I have dubbed Weekend Update. You can see, you can see I am a Saturday Night Live fan, unlike my husband. So anyway, on Weekend Update, we will have Baltimore's... That did not just happen. Whatever. Baltimore's original weird girl, Shelly Brown. So please join me 1 p.m. That will be live. It will be streamed live, and Shelly will be the first person I interview live here in my new podcast studio uh, in my office. So I'm really looking forward to it, if nothing else, than to show off my studio to someone that I have a great respect for, Shelly Brown. So tune in live Saturday at 1 o'clock, unless it's sunny, and then catch the rerun. Because <laughs> it's beautiful outside. Anyway, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.